Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Myself, Vernon Kay, Darren Fletcher, and the man, the producer behind the uh, behind the screen, pulling the strings, Simon Cross from Shooting Star Productions. Darren, how have you been, my friend? Very good, mate. Actually, I've, I've had a couple of deliveries this week um, in from the US, so I've had I've, had, I've got a bit eighties revival. So <laughs> I'm probably going to be dressing like Don Johnson on BT Sport the weekend with my jacket <laughs> sleeves rolled up because I've gone all eighties. So. I, I've managed to get, and I've got it on here, look, I've got, for people who get to see the clips of this, I have the original Chicago Bears, Dallas Cowboys, American Bowl 86 t-shirt that I actually bought this t-shirt as a child at Wembley that day, which was my first ever visit to, to Wembley. And I wore it, wore it, wore it until it, it literally, the, the, the logos wore off the shirt, particularly the Cowboys one. But I got this from the US in mint condition this week. So it fits me like a glove, I'm delighted. And then I also got, there's a really famous poster that Bears fans will know about. The National Vintage Boys have, have got one on, the, on the, the office wall. They did a poster, Jim McMahon did a poster, Mad Matt Grid Warrior. And I've managed to get the original version of that still in the cellophane. I actually took it out of the cellophane. Kind of 35, 36 years old. So I'm really in really good form because I've had those come this week. And you know what I'm like? When I know I've got a delivery... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all giddy so I've been really excited this week and now they're here and they're all right so I've just ordered a frame that's coming tomorrow and I've already got an idea where it's going to go with the picture so I'm really excited so I'm having a great week so I, I'm, I'm, I'm great um, how are you? are you okay? we're all good we're, we're, we're just kind of you know chilling out the missus is getting ready for Strictly so yeah. we are, we've got a pile of, uh, of biogs around the house lying around of all the contestants and obviously one of the contestants is Jason Bell. So I've been reading up on Jason Bell and, and getting to know him a little bit better because when they do a biog, you know, for any TV program, it's like your notes that we talked about last week. 
on, on the football that you do. Um, it's the same thing for entertainment. You get a biography and every intimate detail is in there. So I've been reading up on all the contestants, having a, having a mooch around. Kind of getting to grips with where we're going next with COVID because I think the world is in a weird place at the moment. Obviously, we came out of lockdown. We slowly started to ease ourselves back into normality or some form of reality. And it's all going a bit pear-shaped again, you know. No one believes the politicians. No one really understands what's going on with the virus. Where is it, is it going? Is it getting... Worse, is it getting better? Is it easing? Are numbers going up? Are numbers are going down? I mean, it, it's a crazy time, but I will say this. I was in London last night, and obviously London shuts down at 10 o'clock. And at 10 o'clock, Darren, the centre of London was dead. Was it? There was, it was like a ghost town. And I had a meeting today at ITV, uh, something that we'll talk about later on in, in the series at the Fumble. Uh, and... It was dead again. There was no one around. It usually takes me about 45, 50 minutes to get from one end of, of London to the other. And it took 15 minutes today. Wow. And I was shocked. And I thought that we were getting back to some form of reality and it's not happening. Well, of course, this week the NFL has been affected for the first time because the, the, the Steelers and the, and, the, and the Titans game has been delayed. It's been postponed this week, but it's got to be rescheduled. It has to be in some way, shape or form because they've had positive COVID cases, which... I am really surprised about, I've got to be honest, having, having worked around the Premier League and the Champions League and knowing how strict they've been and, and what the bubbles are like, I think it, it should really be really difficult for those teams to be in that situation. And I think something must have gone wrong because, you know, this hasn't really been happening to the point where you've got to cancel a game in, in either of the, the, the big football competitions that I've been part of. So I was a little bit surprised to see that this week, that the game is going to be postponed. Um, so, you know, I hope this doesn't become a regular thing because, you know, they need the season to finish when the season needs to finish because Tampa is ready for the Super Bowl. So you don't really want to see that move. And it's not really the kind of sport where you can reschedule games. You can't play a midweek match to make <laughs> up time in the NFL. Physically, it's impossible. So I hope it, it doesn't become a more common issue around the league between now and, and, and the, end of, the end of the season. The Raiders went to a fundraiser, didn't they? And, and they were all seen not wearing masks. And it's just little things like that, you know, whether it helps or whether it doesn't. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to try everything that could possibly make a difference to kind of slow down the curve of infection. And it, it, it really is crazy. And I'm so disappointed about the Titans-Steelers game because I've got, uh, I've got James Connor in my fantasy football league team and I'm playing one Darren Fletcher this weekend yeah. and I am struggling for reserve running backs you are, you are. So, <laughs> you, 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 you've reached out um, yeah you've reached out and it's a big test of friendship so last night you, you said we, we can't do the we, let me just give the backstory to everybody yeah I want to make a serious point on COVID again in a minute and the NFL but I've actually forgotten it because you've knocked me for six with this trade <laughs> so yesterday we, we, we planned initially to do the fumble on Wednesday. And you said, can't do that, boozy lunch, I'll be in no fit state. So we, we get to about six o'clock last night and you sent us a really soppy message. It was lovely for me and Simon. And we both really appreciated it. And at, at that time, I thought, really heartfelt, really nice, lovely touch. Told, told, told Lauren about it. All of us just said, what a lovely fella. Told you he was a top guy. Less than 24 hours later, you hit me with a... 
So now I'm thinking that I don't think you had a boozy lunch at all yesterday. I think this was a master plan where you thought I'm going to butter him up on the Wednesday. Yeah. And hit him right between the eyes on the Thursday. He'll think I'm such a nice fella. He'll be so overcome with love from the night before that he'll just say yes. But what, then it dawned on me too that not only do you want me to trade one of my players that I need, you want me to trade into you so I can help you to beat me. So that's the other <laughs> thing that suddenly dawned on me when the trade arrived, that you actually want me to weaken my team, to strengthen yours in the weekend that we play each other. So, I, I, you know, I'm really conflicted now about the relationship, the friendship. I've been through in the past. It's all been blown apart by this. So, the I, thing is, I think, I think the message last night kind of lubed you up. <laughs> and then I rounded in with the trade. <laughs> yeah. that, last night's message was the equivalent of taking me out for a drink. Yeah. That, that was what that was last night. <laughs> You've got to take me out for a drink first. You did that last night. So the trade that you've offered me. Let me just explain. Let me let, just explain. Go on. So I, my, my starting team in our ESPN league, the yeah. Winnetakes All League, right, on paper, when you see it, when it pops up on the app, I'll just get it up here. So I've got either Drew Brees or Jared Goff at quarterback, Delvin Cook, uh, I've got James Connor. And then receivers, I wanted these two receivers. They're not necessarily starting receivers, but I think they're going to have breakthrough seasons. One's a rookie, one's in his second year. DK Metcalf and, and, uh, and Lamb for the Cowboys, right? Yeah. Great player. I think CeeDee Lamb is the future of that franchise. He's an absolute legend. I really like him. Loved him in college, and I think he's a great athlete. Then I've got Travis Kelsey, Hilton in flex, Ravens defense, and Butker as my kicker. And then the rest of it, Darren, is absolute shite. Yeah. Because I, I tried to scrounge around for a quarterback after Drew Brees put in a terrible performance in the first two weeks. So I've got Frank Gore, <laughs> Jeff Wilson Jr. You've just said, these are my good players, and the rest of them are shite. Yeah. None of the players that you've offered me were in the good player list. <laughs> you've even admitted that what you've offered is just no good. But I offered you T.Y. Hilton. You didn't. Did I not? No, you didn't. It's not even that good. You offered <laughs> Naheem Hines. Oh, right, yes. And the Buccaneers defence. <laughs> Ronald Jones. Started moving back in the way Buccaneers. Well, I, I, I did intend to throw in. There were two of us talking. And if you factored Naheem Hines into the conversation, he still wouldn't be the best running back in this group. <laughs> and I've, I've shot it. <laughs> struggling. I really am struggling this week because obviously the game has been cancelled with the Steelers and, and, and Tennessee. And, and James Conner was absolutely flying last week. 20 points, 18 points the week before. Started off slow with 1.7 points uh, because of his injury. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe you'll take pity on me. I don't know. But you made a weird trade, Darren, this week. Yeah, I made a good trade this week. I was Do you think that's bit... a good one? Yeah, I, I, I'll, tell, I'll tell everybody what the trade was. So I, I got Alvin Kamara. So I made that big trade that we spoke about the other week where I, yeah, huge. I flipped Mahomes and Henry and Keenan Allen for Alvin Kamara, Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown. But I, I thought by doing that, I, was, I wasn't very deep. So this week, I thought I'd trade... Kamara to Chris Martinez, who's crossed his cameraman at Shooting Shark. So he's a big NFL fan himself. But I, I got three in return, essentially. So I sent, I was going to have to drop players. So I was going to drop my uh, Gaskin, the running back at Miami, and yeah. Anthony Miller of the Bears. So essentially, for Alvin Kamara, 
I got Joe Mixon, who will be better. He's had a poor start, but he will be better. David Montgomery and Kenny Golladay. So I got three starters for one. I think that Kamara's numbers will go down a little bit in fancy terms when Michael Thomas comes back. So I think he's maxed out at the minute in terms of value. And I don't like to be in a situation where I'm one injury away from the team not being very good. This year of all years, where they're not quite battle-hardened, we talked about that last week. So yeah. The fact I got three for one, I quite like. Yeah. I am prepared to help you, which is the oh. good thing for you. But I'm not prepared to accept Naheem Hyde. <laughs> I will take the Buccaneers' defence. It's a good defence. It is. be proud last I week. I will take the Buccaneers' defence. But I just, I'd need something better than Naheem all right. But I, I, listen, I don't want one of your main guys. I don't want any of the biggies. You can keep them. Okay. It, it, it probably would have to be Hilton or Williams. Okay. But I, and, right. I'm, and I'm only doing this for you. I know. That's because yeah. you're, le- you're a legend, Darren. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only prepared since you can't butter me up anymore. <laughs> 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 I'm prepared to do it. If you, if you come back with something better, I will right. you. What I was going to say, though, you know, on the COVID point, yeah. a lot of people don't know the workings of the league. So I always see us on the fumble that we're okay for the diehards because we're diehard fans too. But I like to think we can help people as well in terms of just getting them to understand the league a little bit better sometimes because it can be quite a complicated league to, to get your head around with salary caps and all that. What people might not be aware of is they see these multi-million dollar salaries that, that get given out. But an NFL player only actually gets 16 paychecks per year. So every week he gets one sixteenth of his salary within the season. So if you lose a game or if you're suspended for a game, you lose a game check. So it is a really big thing if games start to go because of COVID and you're the reason why the game's gone. If, if you've stepped out of the bubble, you really then haven't got any kind of defence. And if you're the reason why that game goes, you're costing yourself and your teammates one-sixteenth of their salary potentially because that's the way the league's structured. So there are huge financial implications and millions of reasons why they should stay in the bubble. You know, it's not, this is not a difficult thing to do. You know, they need you to be there 16 times a year. I know there's, there's practice and all that. But you've got 16 appointments to be at your best during the course of an NFL season and then into the playoffs. It would change after that. But for those 16 weeks, you've got to make sure that you allow your franchise to be what it needs to be. And I think that's going to be a point that will really resonate with, with players. If yeah. for some reason games do have to go altogether because of COVID, that would have huge financial ramifications on the players. Yeah, common sense has got to come into it as well. I mean, what protocols are the Premier League taking? Well, I mean, they're just extremely strict. Daily testing, you know, everywhere is deep cleaned. But they're also putting an element of trust into the players. You know, has yeah. to be an element of trust. I mean, the Champions League was different. Players checked into the hotel. They stayed there. They weren't allowed into, into Lisbon. They got to stay in the hotel. They were bussed to a training camp that was, or a training site that was cleaned every, every day. And, and they basically worked in sterile conditions until they came home. So... That, that was the way they could do that. There is more leeway within the Premier League, but I think what we're finding is that the vast majority, and I mean pretty much everybody, is, is operating within the guidelines and, and, and doing the right thing. And it, it's the reason why we don't have loads of cases. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, let's hope it gets better and let's hope that no more games are postponed or cancelled because the NFL doesn't cancel games historically. Let's have a little natter then about last week. And, and both you and I felt that the Baltimore Ravens were the best team in the AFC this year. And, and I tipped them, and I think you did too, to represent that conference in the Super Bowl. Um, and they got their lunch handed to them by the Kansas City Chiefs. And that scoreline, I thought, was actually wider than the numbers tell you. That was a bigger beating that the Ravens got than it actually looked like when you see the score. Yeah. It was close to the end of it. It should have been. There was a massive gulf between those teams. The Ravens' defence, which is normally impeccable, could do nothing to slow down Patrick Mahomes. Nothing. No. I think it was pretty obvious and evident that the first three weeks of the... or the first couple of weeks of the season was nothing more than a warm-up for Kansas City. It was those pre-season games that they'd been missing... Like we talked about last week, you explained it really well. The players aren't battle-hardened. They've not had any contact. You know, contact in practice is minimal. And then when they get the four preseason games, that's when they start bumping shoulders and banging heads. And I think the first two games of the season for the Chiefs were just that. They were a warm-up. Because I thought Mahomes was absolutely outstanding on, on Monday night. I don't think... This is a big statement... But I don't think we've seen a quarterback with his skill set ever. I think he's the most unique quarterback we've ever seen in the NFL. Because if you, because if you, if you think of the individuals that are icons of the game, like Dan Marino, the ultimate pocket passer. Joe Montana could read the defense like nobody's business. Tom Brady, pocket passer, but also programmed to win. He knows how that's if you said to me what is so special about Tom Brady, it's the fact that he knows how to win. Yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes is every single one of those iconic players in one human being. I thought he was unbelievable on Monday night. Do you know, I'm really glad you said that, because I've wrestled with that this week. But I looked at that on Monday and I was trying to think, have I ever seen a more complete performance in any game by a starting quarterback in the NFL? And I watched my first games in 1985. So I've watched a lot of a lot of games. I've watched a lot of great ones. And I, I think the only one that really comes close to him as a match would be a prime John Elway. Because John could move like him and he'd got the cannon of an arm like him. Yeah. I think Mahomes is more accurate than Elway. I think Mahomes makes the game look easier than Elway ever did. El, Elway always looked as though that he'd been through the ringer by the end of it. Mahomes hasn't got a bead of sweat on him. And, he, yeah. and he's done that to the Baltimore Ravens, you know. So I looked at it and I thought, Elway, at his best, could run strong, weird kind of plays that only he could do. I'm, I'm lining all this up. And then I thought, but it looked really hard for Elway. And this fellow looks like he's got 50% more if he ever needs it. He, he just plays with a handbrake half on. And it, it's yeah. unbelievable. His post-game interview was exactly what you just said. He said, yeah. I've got more in the tank. He said, I'm not ready yet. He said, this isn't the finished product. You can see it. But I mean, the flip side of that is that we saw Lamar Jackson again. When he plays that team, I mean, Kansas City are his kryptonite, aren't they? And yeah. if, if he wants to be mentioned in the same breath as the greatest players in the league and not just the most exciting player in the league, and there's a big difference in that, he's got to find a way to perform better in those kind of games. Because they're the games that find Lamar Jackson out. I had a big conversation with Internet Rich about this. We had a bit of a debrief on Tuesday morning. I said, the big thing when I watched Lamar Jackson in big games 
is he becomes a running back playing quarterback again. When he plays against weaker opposition, he looks poised in the pocket. He looks like he knows what he's doing. But the first sign of pressure against Kansas City, he was off. But he's running around like a jackrabbit behind the line. And then he wants to get back into a position to throw the ball. And by then, I don't think he really knows where everybody is. I think he's lost his own bearings because he's been running around. The receivers have had to break off the routes and go somewhere else. And he's making it up on the fly. And I looked at him and I thought, if you ever want to see Lamar Jackson be the quarterback that people said he would be when he came in, the naysayers, watch him on Monday night against Kansas City. When they ran the read option, he looked really good. When he had to play legitimate orthodox quarterback, he didn't look up to it. And no. It, that, that would worry me if, I, if I'm John Harbaugh. And I'd be even more concerned by the defence who couldn't stop anything. I think what the Kansas City Chiefs have... I mean, let, put to one side that Mahomes is probably and probably will be the greatest quarterback athlete we've ever seen. Yeah. The guy is special. But I think he's got, a, he's got an armoury and he's got an arsenal that is special. His wide receivers are so fast, which makes a massive difference, the way that they break from their defenders. Travis Kelsey is phenomenal as a tight end. He, he's outrageous. He can run, he can block, he has a lot of fun, and you can tell that he is just enjoying himself out there. Running back, they've got the new rookie running back who's rapid as well. So it takes a lot of pressure off Patrick Mahomes. And I think Patrick Mahomes seemed so relaxed under centre and in the pocket on Monday night that he knew he's got the ability and the weapons to dent any defence. And that's why I thought was so cool about his performance is that he looked composed. He looked like a relaxed quarterback, a young man who's just been paid doing his job because he loves the sport. And that makes a massive difference to a team. And, th- and let's not forget, let's not forget, he spent a year behind Alex Smith learning he did. and picking up the offence. He did. And then the first year as a starter, he wins the MVP award. Yeah. Last year was a bit of a down year. He had the injury and he wasn't quite as good as the year before. But then he brings them back in all three playoff games. And, yeah. and has a playoff run like we've never seen before. I mean, they're, they're down and out in the games against Houston and Tennessee, and they're finished in the Super Bowl. And, and, and he, he finds a way, and then he goes into this year, and I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought if any, any team could beat them, it would be Baltimore, and I, I, I thought Baltimore would win. Cards on the table. I, I don't know what you do to, to beat him. I mean, they were a little bit off against the charges the week before, but, but they won. <clears throat> I don't know what you do. I, I, how do you stop them scoring 30 points? <laughs> this is what you said about Rodgers, wasn't it? That when Rodgers was flying, Green Bay were guaranteed 26, 28, 30, 35. So you knew to beat them, you've got to score more than them. But the defence wasn't great. The thing is, Darren, he spreads the ball around. Yeah. It's, it's not a one-dimensional offence. Every single player that can catch or run the ball is a weapon. Yeah. And that's what a big difference is. You know, you, you don't know, you can't plan for where he's going to put the ball because they're all effective in what they do. Yeah. I mean, we said, look, if you're ever going to watch a game this year, this is the one you've got to watch. And, and I'm glad I did because I saw an all-time great display by a player. And it wasn't yeah. kind of memorable and historic because it was dramatic. It was just as good as you could be playing that position against a really good team. And it was, it was, it was great. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The other thing I wanted to have a natter about is that we both agreed last week that the Bears were the worst 2-0 yeah. in the league. Well, those Bears are now 3-0, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> because they came back from the dead against the Atlanta Falcons. What on earth is going on with them? Um, Dan Quinn, he's still got a job. I don't know how. Um, but Nick Foles was in there. And people are raving about the fact that Nick Foles threw for three touchdowns, having replaced Mitchell Trubisky. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he threw for five touchdowns, not three, because Anthony Miller dropped one and they overturned one on, on VAR, whatever it is over there, which was mad because it wasn't clear and obvious. So in reality, he threw five. So he threw five. Mitchell Trubisky could have played for the week and wouldn't have threw five. All of a sudden, they've got an offense. So I wonder whether we still see the Bears as the worst unbeaten team in the league. Now they've ditched Mitch and they've gone with the former Super Bowl MVP, the saviour, the new number nine, the great Nick Foles. <laughs> the great Nick Foles. That's a classic. The great Nick Foles. The great Nick Foles. Hey, we were there. We witnessed it. We, we did. We witnessed the Philly special. We, we, well, what we can remember of it anyway. But, you know, we, we, we kind of holding close to our hearts. Do you think it's the end of Mitchell Trubisky, Darren? Is it game I, over? I think what he'll do now, I don't think he'll play again this year unless Foles gets injured. He then leaves the Bears at the end of the year because they have no more options on him. Contracts up. I think he needs to go to a team now and be the backup with a head coach who's a bit of a quarterback whisperer, who believes in him, who can see a way to, to, to save the career. And I think we've seen it with Alex Smith. Alex Smith came in as you know the first overall pick, was okay in San Francisco, but he needed loving. And he went to Andy Reid and he became the Alex Smith that the 49ers thought they were drafting. If he can find a head coach that can develop him like that, then maybe. But when you see him, he still can't read an NFL defense and he can't complete the throws down the field with any consistency. And if you can't do that, there are 32 positions, 32 starting quarterbacks in the world. And if you want to be in the 32, you've got to do your job to a much higher standard than he's been able to do so far. So I don't think it's the last we'll see of it. I think somebody, I mean, Christ almighty, Blake Bortles has just got a job again. So yeah. if he's back in the league, there's every chance for Trubisky. But I just think he's got to find the right fit now. Um, otherwise, he could just bounce around franchise to franchise and then disappear. Yeah, I think you're right. I just want to go back uh, to that Ravens-Kansas City game. And we talked about Lamar Jackson. And remember, I think it was two seasons ago, I said that if he's not careful, he's going to get injured. And I just saw him do some runs. 
diving head first, silly slides, that if I was the head coach of that team, or if I was the owner even, or the general manager, I would be worried that my quarterback, let's not forget that that's one of his prime skill sets, is that he can run and slide and this, that, and the other. But I think he's putting himself in a lot of danger. I think as the franchise quarterback, I think he can't carry on playing like that against these tough defences because he's just going to get injured. And we've seen it before, time and time again. Any quarterback who regularly runs out of the pocket gets injured. It's a fact. And I think he needs to just calm down, reassess, and say, right, what kind of quarterback am I? Do you know what I mean? I'm a little bit surprised that they don't go for a more horses-for-courses approach. This week, they play the Washington Redskins. They should beat the Washington Redskins with their eyes closed. Yeah, they should. There is no need this week to put quarterback runs into the game plan. No. They can run J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards. They can throw to Hollywood Brown, to Mark Andrews, or whoever else they want to throw the ball to. And they've got a good enough offensive line. There's no Chase Young for Washington. So, this week, he shouldn't run the ball. He should just sit back in the pocket and either throw it or hand it off. Yeah. take a week off from, yeah. from the pounding. And then when they play a game down the line where they need Lamar's legs, put it back in. That's fine. He's not going to forget how to do it. But I think they've got to protect him a lot more than they are at the moment. I agree with you. Because he's just not big enough to keep yeah. taking pounding. And like, I agree with you. Exactly. He's not a scrambler. He becomes a running back. He's lower in the shoulder. He's trying to go through tacklers. It, it's, it's the way yeah. it, It's the manner of it. I don't think he's as clever in that regard as Kyler Murray. Kyler doesn't put his body at risk. He goes where he's got to go, runs when he has to run, but he's running in a different way. He's, Russell Wilson's the same. Russell Wilson runs scared. The minute yeah. Russell's got to get down, he slides feet first. He's like he's got into second that's place. A, that's a really, really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. How to preserve your career in the NFL. Run yeah. scared. Run because scared. I, I think Lamar Jackson is running strong and he's running headstrong and that's not healthy in the NFL. I've seen running backs step out of bounds quicker than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, look after yourself. Nobody's going to think any less of you if you're not running into a safety at 25 miles an hour. What did Deion Sanders used to say? Sometimes you've got to make some serious business decisions. You have. <laughs> Don't put your head in the spokes if it doesn't need to go there. Exactly, my friend. You've read that book as well. You've read that book yeah. as well. Yeah. I've got a few numbers for you. All right, go find ahead. I've not got loads this week. It's not been a great numbers week. There's some really nice ones on Russell Wilson, actually. Because the crazy thing is, and we, I think we mentioned this on the, on, the, on the fumble last season, he's never had an MVP vote. Never mind about one one. He's never even received a vote from anybody. And he's been one of the great quarterbacks in the league and, and so important. I thought his game on Sunday against the Cowboys was special. Yeah, but there's some numbers for him, which I've got on the phone here. Right. So um, he's the first player in league history to throw at least four touchdown passes in the opening three games of a season. It's never been done before. No QB's wow. ever done that before. In the history of the league. Not, not wow. kind of in the last 20 years, ever. Mm. League, 100 years old. Never happened. Yeah. So at the moment, he has 14 touchdown passes already. He's on pace to throw 75 this season, which is 20 more than Peyton Manning's single season record of 55. 20 more? Yeah, he's on course for 75 touchdown passes. Wow. Yeah. 
and they're 3-0 and for the first time in 2013. So it's been a really good start to the season if you're a Seattle Seahawks um, fan. Which you is- made a good point last week about the Seahawks' defence because they do let in points. They do let teams score. Yeah. The offence has just got to keep running, keep, keep driving, keep scoring because their defence isn't the strongest. Yeah, I like this one too. So Stephen Goskowski, the kicker for Tennessee, who was the kicker for New England for, for Yonks, He's the first kicker since the merger in 1970 when the AFL and the NFL joined together to become the NFL as we see it today. He's the first kicker to kick game-winning field goals inside the final two minutes of regulation in these teams' first three games of a season. So this is for <laughs> either. So, so it's great. I love, I love all stuff like that. But, but this is the one I like the best, right? Yeah. We've got a really good friend of ours, David Tossle, who is a Jets fan. And he still admits it. All these years later, he still admits to being a Jets fan. He's never, never let them down. He's never turned. I think he fell in love with the Jets in the days of Freeman McNeil, Ken O'Brien, and Mark yeah. Stino. <laughs> and here he is now in the days of Adam Gase. And Adam and Al- Altoon. Right. <laughs> so he's gone from Altoon to Looney Toon with, the, with, the, with the, the New York Jets. The New York Jets, my friend, are the only team in the National Football League that hasn't held a lead so far this season. No! Not even been ahead in any... Oh, they my have been gosh. Behind. From the opening kickoff of the season, <laughs> they have been behind. They have never been ahead in a game. The best they've been is 0-0. They've never been any better than that. The good old New York Jets. The good old New York Jets. I tell you what, New York football as a whole is, is not very good at the moment. The Giants are struggling big time. Yeah. Yeah, it's not ideal. Not ideal. So, so yeah, I love that. The fact that the Jets haven't been ahead in any <laughs> I've got to be honest, they played Denver tonight. We're recording this on Thursday. And there's every chance they won't be ahead in that. But if they don't win tonight, I mean, they've got the third-string quarterback. I've never heard of him. If he's the third stringer in Denver, you're, you're not You're good. struggling. No, yeah. exactly. So if you can't win tonight as a Jet, then you've got no chance. You may as well pack it in. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But I am with the Denver Broncos. Right. Because we mentioned John Elway earlier on, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, iconic in Denver. And now he's the general manager of the team. I don't think John Elway wants a quarterback at the helm of the Denver Broncos who has the potential to be better than himself. Because he just keeps picking god-awful quarterbacks. Not Not only in the draft, but also free agency, Darren. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, let it go, John. That is a conspiracy theory. I will give you that. That is very much a conspiracy theory. Of course. But yeah. why have the Denver Broncos not succeeded since John Elway left to find a starting quarterback for at least five years in a row? It's outrageous. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I couldn't tell you. It's outrageous. Tebow Mania took over and he was garbage. Yeah. Then they brought in Joe Flacco after he got paired at the Baltimore Ravens. That didn't work. No. It's unbelievable. One thing that did go this week, the Lions won. We mentioned last week that they'd they'd not won for ages since the wheel was invented by Mr. Ford. (laughs) They'd not won, but they did win this week. I like the Lions. I don't know why, but I've got a soft spot for the Lions. Yeah. Something about them that... that, I I don't know what it is. I just... I, I want... I want their head coach, I want him to do well because I think he seems like 
the kind of guy who knows what he wants to do, but it's going to take time. Do you know what I mean? Because he's been there under Bill Belichick. And I think if you give him time, give him a couple more drafts, I think the Lions will be successful. There's two games this week, you know, that really stand out for me. And one is the Patriots against the Chiefs. Oh, classic. Because if anybody, you know, we, we just talked about Mahomes and, and basically said he's unstoppable. If any person in the league can stop it, it's Belichick. Whether yeah. he's got players to carry out the game plan with the defensive players who are not playing this year because of the COVID risk, I don't know. But if anybody can come up with anything that other it's people can use down the line against him, it might just be the, the genius. So yeah. we'll see. And the other one, it's crazy because there's not really a great... It's, like, it's on the early... It's the Monday night game. And I think it could be 75-66. It's the Falcons <laughs> against the Packers. And they can't stop anybody, either of them, really. But they're both no. tons and tons of points, aren't they? Well, they've both got great number 12s. Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. So, I mean, that, that could be anything. Yeah. But what is it with the Falcons, Darren? Why are this? Why is the, 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 the I don't know, just nothing's working. The, the essence of winning has disappeared from the team. I have no idea. I have no idea. And, and. When it, I don't think this week was as shocking as it was against the Cowboys because they were even further ahead against the Cowboys. Mm. We sat and we saw that game in Houston, the Super Bowl. They'd won the Super Bowl. Yeah. They'd won it. Yeah, won it by halftime, let's be honest. They'd won it by halftime. Nobody comes back in a Super Bowl like that. Nobody probably will again. And they blew it. And I wonder what... You know, there's still a lot of people associated either on the coaching staff or on the roster who are part of that team. I don't know whether it's left a mark. I don't know. But surely when you lose the biggest game of your life, as spectacularly as they did, it's obviously going to happen again in other yeah. situations. If yeah. you can find the way to blow that one, you can oh. blow a Sunday night one, one o'clock kickoff against the Bears. No yeah. problem. You can yeah. blow a game against Dallas. Because you, you, you blew the Super Bowl more spectacular than anything you can ever do. Oh, I'll never forget it because it cost me a fortune. Yeah. I was commentating for the BBC and I, I got Rocky Boyman there and Crossy and we'd been in Houston for a few days and we were worried because this was, this was not in the script. And no. if you think about your audience that night, the vast majority are, are Patriots fans or they're the team they've heard of. If they're listening, if they're not big NFL fans. They don't. Yeah, play. yeah, true. All of a sudden, Brady's having a stinker. Belichick's having a nightmare. Atlanta, who nobody really cares about, are going to win the Super Bowl, and not only they're going to win it, but this game is finished by half time. I don't think I've ever been in a stadium for any sporting event and seen anything like that. Really? The comeback started. Everybody in the room went. They've blown it. He <laughs> didn't even need to get close. It was Brady and Belichick riding over the mountaintop on the white horses to save everybody's day. And you knew it didn't need the, the, the overtime was a foregone conclusion. The Falcons could have had the ball first. The Patriots had won the game by then. The minute they got within two scores, that was it. And everybody in the room knew it, including. The Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. It was over. And it was like, wow. <laughs> and, and, and it went, I don't know, it just, it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. That's, that's, you can blow it now, is no real shot. The last 10 minutes of that game, 
The Falcons' defense has nothing left. Nothing left. Just completely obliterated. Mentally, physically, gone. Yeah. Like There was nothing they could do to stop that tsunami from the Patriots. No. It was outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. But they go on both sides of the ball at the same time, don't they? It's not as if, oh, it's, it, it's just the defense. The offense just stops scoring points too. They're just all together. It's like somebody puts the brake on, yeah. sticks the car into neutral, and just pushes it down the hill. I'll tell you what it was, Darren. They could hear the DJ playing the first tune back at the hotel for the celebratory drinks yeah. and party. Simple as that. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It's got to be. Uh, I'm going to ask you, Darren, you were at the, uh, the Man United game at the weekend. I was. And a penalty after, after the full-time whistle had been blown. Now, I've got to ask you, because you were there, and yeah. you know everyone knows that you do the Premier League coverage on a regular basis for BT Sport. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. And I wanted to. I thought on the on the fumble this week. I'm going to ask Darren about this because, in my opinion, the game's dead, isn't it? Finished don't shoot, over. Don't shoot the messenger, right? <laughs> right. It is right what they did. <clears throat> I'm not saying I'm in agreement with the with the the process. Yeah. But. VAR is a retrospective decision. Yeah. So it, it, the, the incident that they've reviewed has actually happened before the full-time whistle has been blown. It, it's happened within game time. The reason why they've needed VAR is that the referee didn't see it. So it is then a clear and obvious error that he's missed the handball. Right. And it's a game-changing moment. It's a penalty. So all of those things add up to the fact that it has to be reviewed. Even though he's finished the game, he's only blown the whistle for full time because he didn't see the penalty to blow it for the penalty otherwise he would have done it so I know that it's never happened before so people don't like it and I understand that but if you're going to have retrospective actions in a sporting arena sometimes it will be over and you will go back to something that happened I mean it's like the last play of the game in an NFL game isn't it I suppose if yeah. there's pass interference on the Hail Mary the gun gets down to 0-0 zero, zero, you would still give the penalty and replay the down. Yeah. So it goes through the same as that. So yeah. Fair it, was no different. it was no different. And, and he did get it wrong. He did miss it. It was a penalty. Needed to be given. The one thing I, I, I said to the BT guys after, just check it with the Premier League because everybody's saying that it's a 99th, 100th minute penalty. But it's not because the clock does stop when he blows the whistle. Everybody kept the clock running for the penalty. You don't start the clock again. The yeah. clock stopped. So the penalty was probably taken in 95 or whatever, not 100. Yeah. Running, but he'd already blown it. This was a one kick. There was never going to be any more football after that. He got one kick to win the game. So that was it. So that it wasn't, that, that technically was not right, I don't think. Mm. We've not worked out yet whether that theory is right or wrong. Nobody seems to know. So we'll see what happens next time. I don't think I mean, you restart the clock. I think you've got to leave the clock at, once he's blown it. The clock's but we've got another season where VAR is as controversial as ever, especially now with the definition of a handball. Oh, well, this makes a mockery of it. Now, this, this week, they've told the referees now to be more lenient on handballs. Oh, hang on, 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 hang on. Hang on. Yeah. So the referees have turned around and well, they've clubs, changed the... Yeah, the clubs have turned around and gone, this is crazy. So... The PGMOL, people that, you know, the game officials, yeah. 
they've refereed the games in the way that they've been told to do it. So FIFA yeah. send these laws down, yeah, and then the various refereeing bodies interpret the rule in the way it needs to be done, and they they referee the game the way it should be refereed. So what they've been doing, even though we all don't like it, they've been doing what they've been told to do. So it's not the referee's fault. It's not the VAR officials' fault. It's not the ref's fault. It's whoever sat in the room and decided this crazy change has to be made, right? So it's not the referee's fault. Right. But then they've decided now, because they've had such a backlash, they're going to change it. But I would like to think that they look at something like this before a ball's kicked and gone, well, that's just going to ruin games, isn't it? Why, why have we always got to be exactly. in everything that we do? Why, why can't somebody just put their hand up in the room and say, this looks like a crazy thing to do to me, by the way, because this is just going to give a load of controversial penalties that all the players and managers are going to be up in arms about, and we're going to end up changing it anyway. So let's just stick with what we're doing. And then people go, really good point, mate. Great, thanks. And off they go. We're too keen to just kind of go, oh, yeah, got to do this, got to do this. Should have been more common sense because he was always going to be doomed to failure in this one. Always. But, but it's unfair on those teams who've had penalties go against them. What's it is. If what's the it? rules are going to change what's after the third or fourth week of the season. Is. Crystal Palace lost to Everton last week with the penalty yeah. one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. Ever seen. They can't get those points back. They get relegated at the end of the season, which I don't think they will because they're a good team. But if they got relegated at the end of the year by a point or two, they'd look back on that day and go, well, it's that penalty. And they changed the rules the week after. It, it's, it's mad. But that's what they've done. It's bonkers. They, it they've really got, is bonkers. They have. I mean, look, we're, we're huge NFL fans, right? But the greatest game in the world, the most popular sport on the planet, is association football. Right? Yeah. That's what it is. The biggest sport in the world. And it doesn't need changing. <laughs> Everybody loves it. <laughs> become the biggest sport in the world because of what it is. We've yeah. got to change the rules every, every year. And I think, I think, you know, the NFL are to blame for a lot of this, but not in a negative way. The NFL has always been brilliant that they've analysed what do the fans want? Right, fans want points. Okay, so let's modify the game so we get shootouts. They don't want to see three yards in a cloud of dust and the star player on the team be a defensive player. They want to see Patrick Mahomes trying to Tyreek Hill. That's what's going to make this league great. So they change the rules to fit the brand depending on what the audience want. So they, they change the rules to protect the quarterback. Yes, but they, but they, they change the rules to make the league better. Yeah. yeah. So they are, in terms of revenue and what they do, they're the market leaders in so many things. So yeah. all the sports are starting to look at it and thinking, well, they tweak it every now and again and it makes them stronger. Now, other sports are tweaking things they don't need to tweak because the, the, the sport is great. A penalty is a penalty. We all know what it is. We don't anymore. You know, yeah. leave it. Just let it, let it be what got it where it is. And then we can... Oh, wait, wait, wait until they start messing around with the offside rule. That oh. confused everyone even more. <laughs> it, it, it's absurd. It's absurd. So this week, I've got Chelsea Crystal Palace. Nice. Got Leicester against West Ham. So there may be birthday on Sunday as well. So I'm actually working on my birthday this year. Oh, I do, yeah. hey, you know when uh, you know when you finish the game or before a game, do you get yeah. to do you get to go back like I don't know because of the time COVID and everything, but do you ever get a trip to the players' lounge? Not you know? now, no, not now. But, but did you used to? I tend not to. I tend to get out of there. Right. I like to get home. But the only reason I'm asking is because when we were with David Moyes in Atlanta, 
yeah. some of the stories he was telling us. And, you know, we had a few good beers with Moisey. I got a soft spot for West Ham now, yeah, only because of him. Right, now you see, if it wasn't for COVID, I would go and see David. Right, brilliant. On Saturday, I would, I would go and see Frank. Yeah. I would go, people I know, I would go yeah. and see them before or after. Right. But, but not as a general rule. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, Vern, the media commitments are so intense for players and managers now. It is literally an hour after the game. They're still doing it, you know. So Bloody you'd have to wait a long time before they can sit back and think, all right, I'll have a glass of wine now. I'm finished. Yeah. It, it, they're, they're, there's so much for everybody. To how, how, many, how many international crews are at a, a, a Premier League game? I know the Premier League film it and then distribute it. Yeah. But how many international many, reporters are there? There's, there's probably... Well, you're, you're over, you're, you'd be over 100, you know, accredited media for any... No way! Yeah. Every Premier League game. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, from far and wide, yeah. I In terms of actual television that. crews, there's probably only four or five because they take the Premier League fee. Yeah. Well, I never, I, I never realised that there's that many travelling international yeah, you'd, press you'd, for the Premier League. You'd be over 100. I mean, if you walked into a press room for a, for a Liverpool game, you would think, crikey, where, where's everybody from? Where, where, where's everybody going to fit in? Wow. The situations at a lot of Premier League clubs now, I think most games they probably have to say no to certain media requests because there's just not enough room to fit everybody in. Bloody hell. Yeah. And I thought the NFL was bad because when we go to the Super Bowl, there's thousands of media yeah. people, aren't there? Yeah. Thousands. Yeah. But yeah. they're predominantly from the US. Yes. Yeah. But it, it's, wow. it's over each game. I never knew that. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Got to talk about one game that jumps off the schedule this week, Darren. And it's two teams that haven't won yet, which have surprised everyone, I would imagine, in the NFL community. Vikings at the Texans. Both teams are 0-3. Both got relatively good quarterbacks. The Texans quarterback, Deshaun Watson, is obviously, in my opinion, better than the Vikings quarterback. Uh, Why do you think these two teams, Darren, haven't won yet with the weapons that they've got and the talent on both teams? I must say, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled by Minnesota. I, they're the one I can't work out. Is it Kirk Cousins? Is he the problem? I think it's probably a collective. I think they've had one or two injuries in, in key defensive positions, which, is, which has really hurt them. Um, I don't know, is the answer. I've got more of a grip on what I think's wrong in Houston. And I think they are slowly falling into the Bill O'Brien abyss. Right. <laughs> I think it, the way he coaches games really exposes them. I think you look at some the big games they're in, there's a lot of baffling things that happen during the course of the game. The way that they fell apart against Kansas City, you shouldn't blow that lead. If no. you're a playoff team, you shouldn't blow that lead. Even, even to the great Mahomes, you shouldn't blow that lead. Mm. And he was doing crazy things during the course of it. But not only is he the head coach, he's the general manager. And he decided it was a good idea to trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. And he, he kind of dresses it up by saying, well, I've got to pay Deshaun Watson, so I've got to manage the cap. And JJ Watt needs his money. But then I look down the street and I see Pat Mahomes getting the biggest salary that anybody's ever had in the league. Yet they've still got Travis Kelsey and they've still got Tyreek Hill. And they were still able to re-sign Chris Jones. So I'm looking at a team like that that's got a very bright general manager and probably a really good cap man as well who have worked out how to get all the dollars into the pile. So everybody's got a bit. 
And I'm looking at Houston and I'm thinking, well, you've only got two players that you need to pay. The third one, you've let go because the three superstars, (laughs) and Hopkins, and the rest of them are are very much of a muchness, aren't they? So, did they take Tunsil, the left tackle from Miami for a a transit van load of picks and made in the highest paid left tackle in the league? But you then trade DeAndre Hopkins. So it's okay to show Watson standing back there, but the fellow that he wants time to throw to is not on the roster anymore. So mm. I think he's the biggest problem there. Um, and I think until they remedy that situation, get a proper general manager and a better head coach, I don't think the Houston Texans will be anything other than a team that can push in their division, but will always be behind a team like the Texans who've got a bright coach in Mike Vrabel or a Colts organisation who've got a really good general manager. So I just think they're dysfunctional. I think they get by on Deshaun Watson. I think that there's too many roadblocks in the way. But Minnesota, I'm shocked. I, I, I got them down as a potential playoff team and I, I just don't know what's... I can't put my finger on what's wrong. Adam Thielen's had a big game. Justin Jefferson's had a big game. So that tells you Kirk Cousins has had some big games. Dalvin Cook's right up there with the league leaders in, in rushing yards in the NFL. His backup, Matheson, has got decent yards as well. Harrison Smith's still Harrison Smith. I mean, they've got one or two missing, but you just look at it and think, you've got to be better than this. If you're Minnesota, mm. you've got the talent they have, they've got to be better than this. All right, I've got another question for you, Darren, on the, on the game so far and, and games coming up. It, I want to talk, I want to get your opinion, I want to hear your voice on the Buffalo Bills. 3-0, and we mentioned them at the beginning of the season. We thought that they'd be a, a sneaky team to have a deep playoff run. They're performing well, and their quarterback is really proving himself. Do you know what? When you look at Buffalo, for a start, they've got a really good head coach. Sean McDermott is a really good head coach. Um, Learn from Jim Johnson, the great defensive coordinator in in Philadelphia. He wasn't on many teams' radars. He he, he was going to be a head coach for quite some time and didn't get the call and almost fell into Buffalo. And all of a sudden, they've benefited because they've got a really good one. They took Josh Allen. There was a lot of talk that the Browns were going to take Josh Allen with the first pick the year they took Baker Mayfield. And I bet they, I bet they wish they had. He fits, he fits Buffalo. He is Buffalo, isn't he? He's massive. He's, strong he's as big as a Buffalo. Yeah, he's a big, <laughs> strong kid. He puts his head in. He's not afraid to take a shot. He's got a big arm. He reminds them of Jim Kelly and his attitude and that kind of thing. So they love him. So he's one of them. So the city now can pull around Josh Allen. Defensively, they're always going to be good because that's what Sean McDermott does. And they've drafted really well. Edmonds, the linebacker, is, is outstanding. They've got other really good players on, on, on defense. And then you bring Stefan Diggs into the offense with John Brown and they've got two running backs and they protect Josh Allen relatively well. And you know what? They've got no ego for them. They, they put a game plan together that suits them. They know what they are. They're not trying to be anything flash. They don't care that Josh Allen might throw 15 incompletions and only complete 14 because he's going to rush for two touchdowns and he's going to throw two massive passes down the field <laughs> and when they need him against the Rams he's going to take them down the field somehow and he's going to win and I, I just think they know what they are they know what they want to be they've got players that fit their community and their franchise they've got a head coach that gets it and they've got a general manager that's accumulated talent really well and, and I think they're a real team. And, and I don't think there's any reason why they can't stick around for a little while. You know, I, I think they're great to watch. I mean, the, the game they had against the Rams, you thought, well, they've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous. They're streets ahead. 
Now they're behind, yet somehow they managed to pull the win out. And they're great to watch. So yeah. I, I like them. They're for real. They're a playoff team for me, the way, the way they are at the moment. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good game. That was a really, really good game. Uh, all right, Darren. Well, I think we've covered a lot of bases there, my friend. Well, we have. Apart from the one question is, who do I get instead of Naheem Hyde? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will send you a few options. Uh, obviously, prior to kickoff on Sunday. Well, and, you, uh, you can't... You can't you, there, there is a caveat, Vernon. Go, go on. The caveat is this. At the moment, right? Yeah. I'm, my defence is Pittsburgh. So I have to pick a defence this week. Right. The option for me is the Jets tonight against Denver's third-string quarterback. Right. But if I make the trade, I will start the Buccaneers. Yeah. But that means I can't play the Jets tonight. So basically what you're giving me is until midnight. Well, no, I won't be up. All right, all right, well, I'll get it done within the hour. You've got until I go to bed, my friend. Right, okay, well, let me, let me go away, let me have my dinner, and then uh, I'll yeah. send over a couple of options, my friend, and we'll talk about it next week on The Fumble. We'll let everybody know if we've done it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, so last, last week, last week, week sweetened Naheem Hines. Oh, God. So last week, you, you faced Crossy, our producer, and beat him, and now this week, you faced me. I've already beaten Crossy. Beating. I put a Dolphins player and a Jags player in for a laugh and beat him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Darren, it's a pleasure as always, my friend. Yes, thoroughly enjoyed it, pal. Thoroughly enjoyed it. We will do business later, I am sure. Yes, we will, because I am on my knees quite literally with the, uh, the cancellation or the postponement of the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Tennessee Titans. But we'll see what happens and we'll talk about it on the fumble next week. Uh, as always, it's been a Shooting Shark production. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And we will be back next week. Stay safe, people. Mask up, sanitise, all that palaver. Uh, and we will be back to peruse the games next week. So we'll see you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 